The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And no real surprise tonight to me as the Royals were long overdue to drop two games in a row, and they did so at the hands of the Yankees 8-1 to as we welcome you to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Dave O with your dish as we recap tonight's match with the Yankees 8-1, to a New York victory, and we preview the next three with the Minnesota Twins. And this was just a game that had not our night written all over it. Not only in my mind were the Royals due, to lose two games in a row. I mean, it's been about a month since it last happened, but uh, there was the fact that early on you could kind of tell. There were signs in the first few innings that it would not be the Royals' night. Now, of course, it was 0-0 after two. So James Shields was looking good through those first two innings, getting a nice double play ball from Derek Jeter early on. And, and yeah, he limited the damage even in the top of the third to one run on a Derek Jeter ground out, which scored Ichiro Suzuki. And then, of course, Casey came right back and tied it at one on Mike Moustakas's 15th home run of the year. So you thought to yourself, okay, okay, we came right back and tied it. It's 1-1. Now Shields is going to buckle down and, and get things going. Well, not really. And it wasn't just Shields. It was the fact that in the first three innings alone, I counted three absolute rocket shots that KU, KU, KC, <laughs> KU, where's that? I'm a Nebraska grab. Where did that come from? I counted three rocket shots that KC hit right at Yankees fielders. And then there was Gerard Dyson getting picked off first in the bottom of the first, which never seems to happen with him. And then right after KC tied it up at one, James Shields battled and battled with Stephen Drew in the top of the fourth, but he left a pitch up. And on the seventh pitch of that at bat, Drew turned on a pitch, lined it inside the right field foul pole into the right field seats to make a 2-1 to one Yankees. And, and after that, Casey, same thing, hitting the ball right at people. They had a chance to score in the bottom of the sixth with Gerard Dyson, a one-out single, a, a steal of second. They were down 2-1 to one at that point, could have tied it, but Infante and Gordon both made out on pop-outs to end that inning. So it's still 2-1 to one going into the seventh, and then it became all Yankees in the top of the seventh. They put a four spot on the board before two more in the ninth off of Francis Le Bueno. So between, I mean, I, I just thought between Shields not having his A-plus stuff, and it's getting old seeing Royals pitchers throw the ball away at first base. How many times this year do we have to see errors by Royals pitchers? I don't know this stat. I don't know that I can even find this stat necessarily very easily without the Royals' help. It's not my media guide, I wouldn't think. But total errors by Royals pitchers in one season. We've got to be getting towards it, don't we? I mean, it seems like once per homestand or once through road trip, Royals pitchers routinely throw the ball away at first base on either pickoffs or or the play tonight with Shields where it was just, you know, a little chopper in front of him, you know, actually to the side of them, got to it, wheeled, fired it away down the right field line, although I think Eric Hosmer probably does get that ball. And good thing, you know, good news on Hosmer right now too with him, of course, getting cleared to swing the bat today. So that is good news. Eric's probably two to three weeks away, I would think, from major league duty. As we talked about when this injury first came down, we expected him to be back around September 10th, September 11th, and that's looking like when it will be for Eric Hosmer. It'll be interesting to see what Ned Yost does with the lineup at that time. Now, speaking of Ned Yost in the lineup, I've been all about Ned Yost the last three, four weeks, praising him all the time. I'm not really thrilled right now with Raul Abanez two days in a row at DH over Josh Willingham. I, I, I think you're getting a little bit too cute, Ned. I mean, Raul Abanez, great clubhouse guy, I thought would be a great pinch hitter, you know. But, I mean, when they first got him, he'd be a good pinch hitter. But now there's not really a need for him right now on this team. 
especially once Eric Hosmer comes back. Once Eric Hosmer comes back, you're already not starting Aoki and Dyson every day, who are far outperforming Raul Abanez. But, I mean, Willingham has been outperforming him this year as well. And you look at Abanez's numbers versus certain pitchers or in the past, a lot of that's skewed. He's been playing forever. You kind of have to look at the last year. Abanez has not been good since the first half of last year's 2013 campaign. I'm fine with him getting a start every 7 to 10 games against a right-hander. But I don't like back-to-back days. I think Ned's out-managing, out-thinking himself. Put Willingham in the lineup. He's been nothing but good since the Royals got him. In 2014, I don't care what the past matchups say, Willingham gives you a better chance to hit just about everybody than Abanez does. I don't like Abanez in there two days in a row. So I was not real happy with that. It didn't affect the game. Just making something, you know, pointing out something that I saw and didn't necessarily like today, and that was Willingham not being used the second day in a row. Especially because in about two weeks, it's going to be even harder to get Willingham's bat to that lineup. And you gave up a good young pitcher to get him in Jason Adam. And he's been producing. I mean, when Hosmer comes back, Butler's back to that DH spot, and obviously those two are playing every day. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how Abanez gets any at bats once Hosmer gets back, because then you still have right field between Willingham, Aoki, and Dyson. And isn't it at this point right now? Doesn't even bringing up Terrence Gore even right now make more sense than carrying Abanez? Not saying the Royals should release him because they're not going to, nor should they. It's what seven days till the rosters expand. But at this point, it even makes more sense to have Gore on this line, you know, on this roster right now. Who's needed more right now? Abanez is a pinch hitter, not really, because Willingham's right-handed. Or Gore is a pinch runner when Dyson's in the lineup. You don't have a lot of great speed off the bench. I guess Christian Colon, maybe Aoki, depending on who's in the lineup. Those are your two best pinch hitting options or pinch running options, I should say. But I mean, Terrence Gore makes more sense even right now on this roster than Abanez does. And I get the veteran leadership stuff, but I feel like between Shields and Willingham and Gordon and Vargas and Guthrie, you've got plenty of veteran leadership. Even guys like Greg Holland are now becoming veterans, and you can call Salvi that here in another year or two. So just something I wanted to point out about Abanez versus Willingham tonight. But it didn't really matter. The Yankees cruise 8-1. to one. That's five in a row for the evil empire. And let's hope they make it eight in a row. I'm pulling for the Yankees big the next three days. And, of course, you are too as they head to take on the Tigers. Let's hope that they are able to take two out of three against Detroit. You do not want Detroit getting scorching hot right now with the Royals having a game-and-a-half lead. You just don't want to feel any pressure right now from Detroit. The Yankees need to get two out of three, hopefully, in Detroit. But more than that, the Royals need to take two out of three from Minnesota. If the Royals take two out of three, I'm pretty sure that the Yankees aren't going to get swept. So the Royals take two out of three, they're going to at least maintain their game-and-a-half lead over the Tigers. And they should do that against the Twins. We'll talk about that here in a second. The Royals move to 72-58 and on the year, two-and-a-half behind Baltimore, and, yeah, a game-and-a-half ahead of Detroit. And James Shields tonight, overall, didn't think he was that bad. Thought he had some bad breaks, but obviously he wasn't good. I'm not saying he was good tonight because he wasn't. Six and a third, allowed six runs on ten hits, only struck out three and a walk three, gave up two home runs, so not going to get the job done tonight for James Shields. But he's been so good lately, that's fine. It's one outing. I expect Shields to come back and finish strong. His last, what, five, I think is it five starts left now in the regular season, or is it six? It'd be six, I guess, man, five or six, one or the other. I expect him to finish strong in September going forward. For the Royals, Francis Bueno comes in, does well the first inning, but then gives up a home run and an inning and two-thirds of relief work, two runs on three hits for Bueno, who I'm a big fan of, but has been shaky the last couple of weeks. That's fair, but another guy, that's fine. You have him on the team in September. If you need him, you need him. If you don't, you don't. You have Scott Downs coming off the DL as another lefty here in a few days. There's a decent chance we see Brandon Finnegan out of the pen as a lefty. 
I suppose Tim Collins will come back. I'm not saying any of these guys necessarily I trust, but there's plenty of other options out there in the pen as well. Speaking of lefties, Bruce Chen was a lefty that came out of the pen, got the job done. Both hitters he faced on the ninth with a K. It's the first time he's pitched in like six years. <laughs> I haven't seen Bruce Chen out there for a while. Offensively, like I said, the Royals, the box score is not going to say they did well. And they didn't do well. They didn't even walk against Michael Pineda in six and a third. That's not good. Only scored run on, one run on him on five hits. That's not good. Uh, struck out five times. Not horrible, but not good, obviously. But I mean, five Ks and zero walks is not good at all. But like I said, I, I thought the Royals squared up five or six balls really well. Three or four rocket shots. Another five or six that were hit hard. The Royals never really had, I mean, I guess they had one infield hit from Dyson, but they never really had any BS bloop hits. It was just hitting the ball hard. They got a home run and a couple other hits and a lot of balls right at people. It wouldn't have mattered because James Shields didn't have it. The Royals didn't play the greatest defense with James Shields making an error. We just saw another bad throw from Escobar. It was an infield hit. It wasn't an error on Escobar, but a play he normally makes. So whatever. Move on. You lost two in a row. You were long overdue. And we said during that long winning streak and that long stretch that the Royals were giving themselves more and more and more room for error the longer that they won. And they've done that now. You still have a game and a half lead. Now you don't want that to get any lower than a half game. You want to really don't want to get lower than it is now. You want to come out, take two out of three or, or all three from the Twins. And that should keep you where you're at or obviously move you up depending on what Detroit does. But you got to take game one tomorrow night against the Twins. Because we said coming in six and four on this 10-game homestand was the minimum. You've got to have a winning record against one against the Yankees and then against two bottom feeder teams and one mediocre team in Cleveland. So take two out of three the next three series, you go six and four. You got Minnesota, Cleveland, and Texas. Let's talk about tomorrow night, a near must win. I mean, obviously, no game is must win right now until the playoffs. But a near must win because you have a big advantage tomorrow. This is the only game in the whole series you have a big advantage pitching-wise. Danny Duffy and Ricky Nolasco. Nolasco is just 5-9 and nine with a 5-9-6. The Royals know him all too well. Two of his last three starts have been against KC. Nolasco, a guy who's bad at home and awful on the road. A 4-7-2 ERA at target field, but away, he's 7.32. So Duffy against Nolasco. Royals coming off a two-game losing streak. Got to win tomorrow. Duffy's got to step up, be the guy. Give him six to seven innings of two-run ball, and the Royals should be able to rough up Nolasco for four or five runs tomorrow and cruise on to a victory, hopefully, in game one. Game two, you've got Ace Ventura and Phil Hughes. We know all about Phil Hughes. He shut down the Royals last week, or what was it, two weeks ago, I guess now? No, last week, right? Whatever. Phil Hughes is 14-8 and eight with a 3.65 ERA. It seems like the Royals are about due to hit him. Haven't done much with him this year. Like the Royals' chances on Wednesday. Don't love them, but like them. And then you got Guthrie and Tommy Malone on Thursday. I like that game quite a bit. Guthrie pitches well at the K, and the Twins don't hit real well. They have some power, but Tommy Malone, it, it might just be a byproduct of the Oakland Coliseum and all that room there, has not been particularly good since coming over to Minnesota. Currently sets the 0-1 with an 8-4-9 ERA. Of course, the Royals lit him up like a Christmas tree when they faced him in the afternoon game in Minnesota. So well, let's see what happens. I would expect the Royals to get two out of three. Win tomorrow night. They really need to win tomorrow. You, do, you don't want to have Danny Duffy and Ricky Nolasco not go your way and lose three in a row because then you do have some pressure on you. And then Wednesday pretty much is a must win. You lose three in a row and you got the Twins, you, it's a must win. So let's win tomorrow so we can take a little pressure, get calm, calm the nerves of some of the people jumping off a bridge around Kansas City. You know who you are. There's still some people, and I understand the Royals have genuinely earned your skepticism throughout the last couple of decades. But calm down. They're fine. All good and great teams lose a couple games in a row 
multiple times a year, tens and dozens and maybe 20 times a year, good teams lose two games in a row. So hang in there. Danny Duffy, Ricky Nolasco, Rail's going to win tomorrow. Let's put those last two, Ventura and Hughes on Wednesday, Guthrie and Malone on Thursday. We'll have them all for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. Appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow, hopefully after a nice Royals win. Have a great night.